Welcome to Hope Talks Podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short, anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. And today uh, we are joined by Ashley Roberts. Ashley, welcome. Thank you. Um, you're not a stranger no. to no. this podcast. No. Um, third time? Third time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this time we're going to maybe go a little bit deeper into your story today and maybe things that you haven't talked about before, right? Yeah. Um, so thank you for being brave and being here and just sharing your story. I believe that um, we talk about Hope Talks being a half hour of hope for your life. And I just, today as we talk about grief and trauma, um, I pray that those listening will find um, hope for their situations as they hear about your story, just how God has met you on this journey. So I guess today we can just start by Telling us a little bit, um, you've been on here before, but we'll just go back and do a refresher on how you grew up. I grew up in Kansas. I have um, a little brother, a little sister, two amazing parents, and I'm the oldest of all of my siblings. I grew up in a little bitty town. Everybody knew everybody. Couldn't dare even possibly think about getting in trouble because mom would know about it before I even got home. (laughs) Um, And I went to the same school for 13 years, kindergarten through 12th. And I mean, I'm not sure what else, like growing up wise. um, I had a, I guess, fairly typical childhood. Um, Mom and dad both worked, was watched by grandma during the day and throughout the summer, my relationship with my grandma was not the most pleasant, but I was introduced to um, death at quite a young age. I actually watched um, my best friend and my cousin get killed by getting ran over by a car when I was four years old. So I was introduced to death very very early on in life. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm going to guess, like, you witnessed that. Was there any working through that at that time, or was that just something that happened and you moved on? Um, Well, being, you know, four years old, I didn't really quite understand what was happening, but it was, I mean, definitely traumatizing to the point where, you know, most people don't remember when they're four years old, but mm. I still remember that clear as day. I'm sure. Etched. Yes. One of those things that's just etched in your mind. Yes. Um, wow. So you experienced that um, as a child, and you continued to grow up. And Was there any church? Did you? Have- um, so I went to a number of different churches that I was made to go to. Mm. Because, you know, you go where your parents go. Um, But every Sunday, um, I actually went to the Sunday school that was right across the street from my grandmother's house. Um, And I went to Sunday school for probably up until I was about 10 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I stopped going because the ladies who taught Sunday school decided that they were going to retire. And 
but the you know the number of different churches I went to um, with my mom and dad, I didn't really connect at any of those churches. It always seemed like the same thing, and it was to a young kid. It church seemed kind of boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, however, Sunday school was fun, and so that's where I got my foundation of who Jesus was, was Sunday school. Yeah. So you became a teenager? and I did. Yeah. Um, when I was 14, I actually had my first child, so I was a teenage mom. So I had her when I was 14, and then the month after I had her, I turned 15. She was... And still is everything to me. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean, I had to grow up really fast, but I was always more of a mature one anyway. Um, I'm 11 years older than my youngest sibling, so I kind of had a little experience with helping, you know, taking care of a baby. So it's not like I didn't know exactly what right. I was doing. But a lot of people didn't think that I was going to finish high school. I proved all of them wrong. I actually ended up having my second child when I was a senior in high school, and I still graduated um, with college credit. And I had my very first job as a certified nurse's aide six days after graduation. And then come to find out that I was actually pregnant with my third child (laughs) and had her right after my senior year of high school. I was a single mom of three kids at 18 years old and I had help from like my parents and the other grandparents they did babysitting for me because I worked a lot I didn't have anybody else paying my bills it was all me so I was I was a very independent and very determined person I was going to do it by myself one way or another I didn't want to have to depend on anybody um, and I knew at that point in time, the only person I could depend on was myself. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I met Bryce Schendel. We'd known each other for a while when we had been friends for a while, but we started dating in 2007. We got married in 2009. And we had, right after we got married, um, found out that I was pregnant with Bryce's first child, my fourth child, and I ended up having a miscarriage um, at 20 weeks. That was devastating, to say the least. Doctor told us six months later that we could start trying to have another baby, and shortly after found out I was pregnant with our daughter Zoe. And she was born December 1st of 2010 and then um 2011 april 25th the day after easter our house caught on fire in the middle of the night and i lost all of them except for my daughter alexis my oldest i lost my son jace who was six at the time my daughter aiden who was five and Zoe, who was four months old, and my husband. I can't imagine the trauma of that. Yeah. How did you cope with that? 
I didn't. I really didn't. Um, I didn't. I lost four pieces of myself that day. And I didn't even know who I was anymore because I had been a mother and a wife. And I still had Lexi, but there were four pieces of my heart missing. And I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, I was angry, very angry um, at myself, um, at God, with the world. And just to try to cope with what I was feeling because I couldn't even pinpoint exactly what it was that I was feeling because I felt everything all at once, all the time. I became an alcoholic for a little while and I would, you know, drink so much to the point where I'd end up passing out. But the next day when I woke up, it was, it just started all over again. So I'd start drinking all over again. And I got to the point where I couldn't just drink my life away. I still had, you know, a child to take care of. I needed to go back to work and I stopped drinking. But when I stopped drinking, all those feelings and everything came back again. And once again, I didn't know how to deal with them. And I had never met anybody that had gone through anything that I had gone through that I could talk to. And I ended up turning to drugs. I became an addict and I just numbed myself because I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. And I was still very angry. And I actually had was um, a pastor ask me when my daughter was still in the hospital, why I was so angry at God. And he asked me, you know, if I even, you know, if I still believed in God. And I told him that absolutely I wholeheartedly believe in God. It's just that I'm so angry that if I took it out on the people that were around me, I wouldn't have anybody. Mm. And that I knew that God was big enough to handle the anger that I had. And I needed to be mad at somebody. And that God would be the only one that would still love me at the end of the day. But it took me a long time to get to the point that I'm at now. Yeah. And I know I still have a ways to go. But I'm don't we all I'm working <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere in that journey you met Lewis. I did. Mm-hmm. Actually it was a little less than six months after um I lost my kids and my husband. It was Definitely not planned by any means. I was not looking for anything, but I am a firm believer that God puts people in your life that are meant to be there. And it just so happened that God brought two broken people together. And after 10 or nine years Mm -hmm. in addiction together, we're both now healing from our brokenness and we're doing it together. Yeah, For those that are listening that know Lewis Roberts, introducing Ashley. Yes. <laughs> he didn't say that at the beginning. Yeah, Lewis's testimony played back on Easter Sunday. Yeah, yes. so, so we recently heard that. So, and in that story, um, we have Liam, yes. who is nine years old now. He's going to be 10 in November. So, and it's been a journey, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, We've 
definitely had our ups and downs, but Liam is definitely the highlight of our life. And between my daughter, Alexis, um, who survived with me and Lewis and his daughter, Audrey and our son together, I got at least three out of the four pieces of my, you know, of my heart back. You know, I I know that when we listened to um, Lewis's testimony, we found out. Yeah, he and Liam mm-hmm. came. Yep. And um, they prayed, and you showed up. You drove that I truck did. from Kansas. I did. And um, you all got married. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, actually, in 15 days, I will have been up here for three years. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is so hard to believe. Yeah. I got up here June 15th. Mm-hmm. So. I remember... Um, when we did the wedding there where they had prayed for you at Switzer and we had a <laughs> wedding in the same place in the pouring down rain. Oh yeah. Um, but I remember you getting in, I was driving a truck that day and I remember you getting in the truck and, um, you shared with me that when you got here, you really didn't have faith. No, I didn't. But that day you said, I have, you know, like maybe an inch, yep. right? You hold just, your fingers just a little up bit. I just now a have a little bit. bit of faith. Um, talk about that. Like how did that journey, what did that look like from no faith to beginning to believe that God, I mean, you believed in God, but yes. you were in a place where you weren't really engaging that faith. No. Um, so when I first got up here, Lewis and Nathan are actually the one they told me, you know, you're going to CR, you're mm-hmm. going to celebrate recovery. And I'm like, I don't need to do that. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> I was far from fine. <laughs> um, but I figured, you know, okay, fine, I'll go support Lewis, you know. I didn't realize just how much I needed it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming from somebody who hadn't been to church since they were a young child, Lewis was like, you know, we're going to go to church too. And I'm just like, you might be pushing it, bud. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> like one thing at a time, you know, but um this was still in the height of COVID, so he was like, we don't even have to go in, you know, we can just sit in the car, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot, and we came here to the Church of the Nazarene during the height of COVID, sat in the parking lot, and the whole time I'm sitting in this vehicle, and honestly, I couldn't even tell you what all Pastor Adrian was saying, but all I know is how I felt while he was saying it and it felt like everything that he was saying was supposed to be for me. And I sat in the back of that car and I cried my eyes out the whole time. But there's one thing that he said towards the end that it just stuck with me because, you know, at this point I'm still pretty fresh into my recovery. I had only been a few months sober and all of those feelings that I had numbed for so long were coming rushing back and I still wasn't sure what to do with all of them. And I was, I was really struggling. And, uh, he had said, if you're not dead, then God's not done. And it was like a, okay, God moment. Like I'm listening. And that's actually where that little bit of Mm. faith started was that first church service that I came to here and that first Monday night that I came to for Celebrate Recovery. 
that's where that little bit of faith came yeah. from. Yeah. And ever since then, it just keeps building. Yeah. Um, I've gone from maybe an, maybe an inch <laughs> to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a whole yeah. arm's width apart yeah. from each other. And it's, it's been, it's been amazing. Yeah. You know, I remember you were baptized. Yes, I was on the 10 year anniversary of the day that my family passed away. Yeah. And I just remember going from that, like August of this inch of faith to standing beside the baptistry that day and seeing you go public for Jesus. Yeah. It was a powerful moment. You know, I stood there beside the tank, and, of course, I know some of your story, and I think, wow, if people sitting here had any idea what this woman has been through and and the fact how significant, it's significant for every person that accepts Christ and, and is baptized, absolutely. But that day, I just wanted to shout from the rooftops of how good God is and to see him work in a life like I've watched him work in years. Um, and the significance of that, our baptism would be 10 years to the day, and that on the hardest day of your life, yeah. 10 years prior, you're willing to say, although you probably hadn't worked through everything. No, I'm still working through right. stuff. <laughs> but you were able to say, hey, I'm trusting Jesus with all of this. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like he's using the pain and the trauma and the grief to help you have a heart to minister for others. Because like you said, when you went through that, you didn't know anybody that had been through what you had been through and could help you. And so that gives you a heart to want to help others. Absolutely. Takes a while to see that. Yeah. It takes a while to get there. Yes. Yes. Um, So... You became a part of Celebrate Recovery, um, and recently you went through what we call step study, yes, right? Yes, And, you know, we have these open share groups on Monday nights, and anybody, it's an open share. Anybody can come, right? We have for codependency and for addiction. Um, but then we have another step you can take if your people are feeling like they want more. Um, it's a step study, and it's like a year it's almost a year. Uh, yeah, I think nine I, months. To yeah, a year. I think ours was about roughly nine, yeah. ten months or so, where you're in a closed group of uh, same um, sex people yep. and have a study. Women have studies, and and you go through the twelve steps. Um, yeah. and you have to write down your answers. Uh, and you have to share yeah. them, right? Yes. Tell and, us about that. Um, so, um, I had witnessed like Lewis go through his and kind of I kind of had an understanding of it and everything but when I came to myself I did not have any kind of understanding of it it was a whole nother ball game um I remember there were several times I was going through the lessons and I'm just like I don't want to do this like these are some pretty tough questions you know it's not that they weren't you you know were hard to understand it was just those they dig real deep into stuff that sometimes you think you've, you've buried. Yeah. And come to find out they're not quite as buried as you thought. That's right. <laughs> um, and it hurts. But once it's out and it's, you know, on paper, it's almost 
like a relief. It's like, you know, you'd been, for me, it was like I had been holding the weight of the world on my shoulders and getting it out on paper makes it real, but it's like, it doesn't have that hold on you anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's getting it out is like giving it to God. Yeah. And yeah. it's just so relieving. I have this, and I've been through, I think, six times now, step study. <laughs> um, and when you're talking about, you know, all the things um, that are inside us, and I have this vision in my mind that came up. It was like when you have a ball and you're trying to hold it underwater. Yeah. You keep trying to press, press, and press it down, keep it down, not deal with that. Yeah. And it's something, it it's, pops up yep. somewhere um, yep. in anger or in all these different emotions that can come out in not so healthy ways sometimes. Yes. Um, and your all's group um, was actually a grief and trauma group. Yes. Like everyone in the yes, group had been through some pretty it, deep yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was it was um, trauma based step study mm-hmm. is what it was, and yeah. it was definitely right up my alley because that's what I've been trying to deal with is you know trauma from PTSD and triggers from PTSD and then trauma of, you know, losing my whole life very suddenly and horribly. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, but then all of the other, you know, the grief that I've experienced just through my life, mm-hmm. even from a very young age, yeah. I've, I've lost so many people, um, They say that when people die, they die in threes. In my family, it is like that. Yeah, it's threes and fours. Yeah. So I've I've lost so many people throughout my life, and it's some of the the things that the step study brought up was you know didn't realize that somebody that I had lost so long ago still affected me so much to this day. Yeah. Until you start digging, and then it's like. It's almost like you think that you have a scar but because, you know, scars are what's healed from a wound. Right. But then it's like you realize it's might not be completely healed yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I say um, <laughs> I sometimes like going through that hard work of having to do an inventory and, yeah. and look at your life and not just look at the bad. But look at the good and even that out. But sometimes it's kind of like walking through waist-deep crap, I've said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's hard. It's hard work. But, man, the freedom yeah. that you get from that. And I love there's a scripture um, in Second Peter it talks about that the devil and his angels are chained to darkness. And when we speak things into the light, into the light, not only to the Lord, but into the light of other believers, that the enemy loses yeah. his grip on when it's just in here and we don't want to share it, we don't want to put it out there for fear we'll be judged, for fear we're going to feel pain that we don't know how to deal with. And the enemy uses all those things to keep our mouths shut. Yeah. Like it's a tactic um, to keep us in darkness. But when we speak into the light... Um, of other believers where two or three are gathered together, Jesus shows up, you know, um, when our friends pray over us and, uh, there's so much to be gained by doing that because it's, you're right. It's, it's like a weight lifts 
off of your shoulders, um, and it hurts. It does. Um, but it is a place, the thing I love is it's a safe place. You build trust, and as you build trust, you're able to share more. Yeah. Um, and that's what I love about that closed group um, and the step studies. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. This interview was so good that we had to make it a two-parter. So we invite you to join us again next Sunday on Hope Talks at 12 o'clock right here on 1470 AM and 102.1 FM WBTX to hear the rest of the story from Ashley Roberts. Yeah, what a blessing uh, just to be here um, with Ashley and hear from her and knowing her journey and just seeing that there was way more that we could get in in a half an hour that we would need uh, two sessions uh, for you all just to hear what God has really been doing in her life and is doing in her life um, just in the last couple of years. There's a scripture that I think really speaks to uh, what we've been talking about today the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 5, and uh, he says, Therefore, in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Wow. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. wow. What a beautiful picture of Grace and you and I get to sit here on a weekly basis right. um, and hear what God is doing in people's lives, what he's done for them and what he continues to do. And it has been such a blessing as I look at this scripture and I lay that scripture kind of as a grid over just the conversation that we've had today. Right. We see yeah. this. It is. It makes me think of our mission statement, transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. God's done that for us right. um, and so many more, not just us, but right. this is the church. Um, this is us when I'm talking right. about, but it's not over. Right. It's not over when he reconciles us. That's just the beginning. Right. And he has plans for every person to be a part of his plan. Uh, and in bringing others by being a light, by smiling right. in the grocery yeah. store, by being in relationship and giving hope to others, the same hope that we've found in Christ. Right. And as you were reading that scripture verse, and as you were talking about the mission statement, Pastor Margaret, I was thinking the mission statement isn't just to be transformed by God <laughs> and in there. That's right. It's to be transformed by God. Then after we've been transformed to bring that hope, that God has given us through our transformation that he's done in us, bring that hope to others through his son, Jesus Christ, because that's yeah. who our hope is. And the whole thing, like whatever we do in life, whether 
no matter what it is, whether we're sitting here talking about Jesus, whatever we're doing in life, um, as we're being transformed, it's all to bring glory to God. Right. All of it yeah. is to bring glory to God. It's not, we don't do this for any other reason right. other than to point to the one who gives yeah. us hope yeah. and um, all glory to God. Yeah, uh it was great to hear from Ashley. And we had mentioned that we've had her on before and God certainly is um, using her as an agent of reconciliation. Like you shared in the scripture verse. Yeah. And I think that's why this scripture verse just so such a beautiful picture because I cannot find the line, can't draw a mark in the sand or in the line of, in her life since she's came to Christ where it was about reconciliation and then about others, but it's a beautiful picture of her beginning to share that hope and grow deeper in herself, you know, in the Lord, grow deeper in the Lord and, and then share that with others. Right. And it's not of, well, I'm going to be reconciled and then I'll go out. Right. I'm going to get it all right. And then I'm going to go out and share it. No, she is bit by bit sharing her life. I'm watching this happen as she shares um, whatever the Lord is showing her, which a lot of that is love that she yeah. is now um, loving others right. with. Certainly is a day-by-day process. Yeah. And so we thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that it truly was a half hour of hope for your life, and we pray that you would join us again next Sunday at noon right here on WBTX. May God bless. Yes, and you will hear the rest of the story. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.